1: Today, we are heading up to Mount Hood, where I just recently had my very first Nordic ski lesson.
0: Yes, Vicky, I'm so looking forward to debriefing everything you learned last weekend, because as regular listeners surely know, neither of us is a big snow sport person, <laughs> right? To say the least, <laughs> but maybe, maybe things have changed for you. Um, I'm, I'm so curious to know, but I, I, so I guess first, like what, what inspired you to, to finally go out there and, and get on skis?
1: You know, Jamie, maybe it was coming on the podcast talking about (laughs) how neither of us get out into the snow enough. And I was like, all right, we got to change it up for the sake of the content of the podcast. Uh, no, but on previous episodes, you may have heard me mention that I'm a part of a group Called Trail Mixed here in Portland. And um, this was actually a lesson that was um, through that group. And Trail Mixed is a group specific about doing outdoor activities and making it accessible to women of color. And um, they offered this Nordic ski lesson at Teacup, Nordic Snow Park on Mount Hood. And it was all free of charge, including the gear rentals and um, the permits and all that. So, you know, it came down to like, there are no excuses. There are no barriers to this. And it's a day outside. I should go and... Perhaps take up a new hobby. Maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't. But we're going to try it out and see how it goes. The timing was especially great to get outside because this lesson was right after Portland's ice storm where I was stuck inside for like, you know, a full week. And I was absolutely going insane, not being able to be (laughs) as active as I normally am. So this came on the tail end of that ice storm. And it was such a lovely experience and I learned so much.
0: Wow, yeah, I it's I love that after the ice storm, you're like, let me get into the snow. <laughs> let me go where there's more snow. I don't know, snow and ice, very different. Uh, in my mind, I'm like, how far south can I go before I don't ever have to see a sheet of ice in the road ever again? Um, so more power to you, I'm very happy to hear that. So you went up to Teacup. Um, so when you, when you got there, what was the, what was it like? What was the the vibe like? What was the, what was the weather looking like that day?
1: So basically when we got there, we all met as a group. There were probably 12 participants in my group and there were two, um, teachers for this lesson and they were really great at breaking down everything, the basics of cross country skiing. Um, and it was great because the weather was nice. The sky was completely clear. It was like blue skies. The sun was shining. I was wearing my sunglasses. It was amazing. Um, So anyway, we got there. Uh, We had already picked up our gear from Mountain Shop down in Portland. And from the start, we were just practicing kind of engaging what muscles are used without the skis on or anything. We had our boots on and we were just practicing like bending our knees, being in that squat position. And then we were also just taught kind of the basics of cross-country skiing you know the differences in the physical gear um, between cross country and downhill and then also learn that there are two different types of cross-country skiing there's classic skiing which is what we were doing and then there's skate skiing classic is more like a walking movement and gliding whereas um skate skiing more like skating, moving your legs a little bit differently out to the sides. These were things I had no idea about. I was just like, oh, it's cross-country ski. I know it's different from downhill, but had no clue that there were two different types.
0: Well, share some more of that knowledge with us. I, and I, I know a lot of folks listening know all about this more so than, than either of us does. But for folks who may be not super familiar with what cross-country skiing is exactly, what are we talking about? What are you What are you doing out there?
1: Biggest difference, obviously, between cross country and downhill skiing is the environment you're in. You're not going down a huge mountain. You're more on flatter land, includes some hills, but it's, I would say for me personally, it was a good stepping stone from going from like hiking, snowshoeing to classic cross-country skiing because it's more of that walking movement and less intense. I wasn't facing this huge hill to go down. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Fear of heights, I do have a little bit of that. But anyway, so the physical gear is a bit different. Cross-country skis are skinnier. Um, Your bindings are a bit different downhill skiing, your entire foot is attached to the ski. Whereas this, your heel lifts off of the ski to have that easier glide and walk movement. And then the difference between classic and skate skiing with the specific skis, the bottom, the grip of the ski is a bit different for that walk glide versus that skate
0: glide. Okay. So they they ran through all this with you. You got the download on the education and the gear Um, I imagine then they, but they took you out onto the trail.
1: Yeah, so where we were first set up was this area where I felt very safe in my learning because right next to our group of like grown women learning how to Nordic ski, there were these small children learning to do the same thing. So I'm like, all right, I'm at your level here. They're probably much better than me, honestly. Um, And then there was just like a small little area with a very small hill if that's what you even want to call it, a slight downhill where you could go and practice without even using your poles or anything, just being able to practice um, your french fry and your pizza, Mm -hmm. learning how to slow down and shift your weight into the skis um, and get those skills down. And then after that, we went on to um, the actual area where people were out Nordic skiing Got to practice a bit with using the poles, uh, practice in the, the actual tracks that they have set up for Nordic skiers, and um, yeah, just kind of get out into the into the real trail.
0: How did how did it feel once you were out into the real trail?
1: Surprisingly, really great. Um, the only other time that I had been on skis, though, so this is my like base comparison, is when I went out skijoring with Jim, um, our former <laughs> right. co-host, and I was on skate cross-country skis with a dog attached to me. That was a completely different experience. And like, I feel like if that's what you're comparing it to, this was so easy, to, you know?
0: <laughs> sure. That makes sense. <laughs>
1: With a dog attached to me, I wiped out many times. Here, uh-huh. not once. So,
0: hey, all right.
1: <laughs> uh, definitely was not going very fast, taking my time. It was interesting kind of shifting my weight and like finding my balance and all of that. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it and I felt like it It came somewhat naturally to me, but I don't know. I feel like maybe it's all the yoga that I do help me keep my balance and not, Mm -hmm. you
0: know, crashing into the snow. So when you're, you're out there in the trail, so imagine there's sort of some variation in the terrain and you're doing what sort of this, like this gliding, this, this moving. I, I, when you get up to get to the Hills, you mentioned there are some uphills. Is that more of a walk or do you like let your momentum carry you (laughs) up the Hill? Is that even possible? I don't know.
1: That's a great question. I will say cross-country skiing, even though I haven't been downhill skiing, cross-country was a workout. Mm. I will tell you that the next day, my legs were so sore. Um, and That's why I kind of compare it to this progression of hiking and snowshoeing and then um, this cross-country skiing. You're moving with your skis, but it's almost like that hiking motion.
0: Mm. Was it, so when you, is it your legs that you mostly felt sore in, right? Did you have any other issues physically with like the gear or like the motions?
1: I will say it was pretty hard to learn how to turn. And that's something, uh, that (laughs) I will still need work on is kind of when you're, when you're turning, uh, the difference with cross country skis rather than downhill. So I'm told is that you're literally picking up your feet and slightly moving to the side. Whereas with turning and downhill skiing you're shifting your body and going side to side and not actually picking up your skis
0: so you're doing a little waddle it sounds exactly. like.
1: <laughs> i think once you're once you're in tune with those movements less waddle mm-hmm. and more uh streamlined but i was definitely doing the waddle
0: How was it doing this with a group of people? Because I can imagine like that's, it could be really nice to have some people around. I could also imagine it could be a little, you know, nerve wracking to have other people around. What was that like for you?
1: The environment was great. Everyone was super supportive. Again, the teachers were really amazing at, um, you know, instructing beginners. And uh, it, it felt really comfortable because everyone was a beginner that was taking this lesson. Some people had maybe done it once or twice, but everyone was pretty darn new to cross-country skiing. And so, you know, even in the practice, tiny little hill, people were completely falling down and whatever, but everyone was just laughing and having a good time. There's no competition. The energy was great.
0: Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And it sounds like it was a really nice day. You know, I feel like, you know, we've talked about snowshoeing, or skiing, so one of the aspects that I love about it is that you get to go out into these landscapes in the winter when you've got the trees covered in snow and that beautiful blue sky, like you said, sometimes just get, getting to see the forest in a different, a different way um, is part of the joy of that. So how, how was it being out there in that natural landscape?
1: It was so nice. I, <laughs> I was taking it in and just looking at the snow covered trees and everything. And it's like, you know, I get why people are snow sport people. This, is, this makes sense <laughs> to me. It's so beautiful. The air is crisp. I mean, it was definitely a workout to the point where, you know, I was bundled up. I didn't really know what to expect. So I had layers on layers on layers. (laughs) I wasn't five minutes into this lesson where I was having to take off my top layer and shed down because (laughs) I was like profusely sweating. (laughs) Um, The weather was great. Skies were blue. And then after we had those initial lessons with the instructors guiding us, we were kind of set free to go on the different tracks um, the different trails and within teacup, they have a whole map of all the areas you can go to, whether that's loops or just doing portions of them. And, and they're all labeled. So you're either in green, which is where we started out, or you can advance up to blue or, uh, the black trails. One of which was called screamers Hill. And I was like, hmm, "Great, maybe name. not today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is the date? That is the right day to go up a place called Screamer's Hill. They got to (laughs) rename that. Come on.
1: It was funny, though, because there was literally a portion of I think it was our green trail uh, that we were on quite frequently. And then you saw a sign that was for Screamer's Hill, like big caution sign with an exclamation point surrounded by a triangle in yellow uh, <laughs> and we just God. casually see this one woman not part of our group clearly had some more experience but she just like drops down into screamer's hill and i'm like oh there she go <laughs> there
0: she goes will she ever return we don't know <laughs> Oh my gosh! Uh, I was
1: like I'm not going down there not making that mistake. <laughs> Never see me again.
0: Well, teacup is is a place that i I just know of by reputation It's such a good spot that for, for for Nordic skiing. I know people go there a lot. Um, did you find out any more about what teacup is like? I know you went there with a group, sort of a different situation, but if folks wanted to go there um, on their own, uh, what kind of resources are available to them there?
1: Yeah. So after this lesson, I had such a great experience that I was looking on their website to take further lessons um, and advance a bit. They do offer um, lessons for adults from like intermediate beginner on. And so I think they have a series of like several that happen over like weekends in January and February. I'm not sure if that continues afterwards, but that is something that is available. So that's for adults. And then of course, like, as I mentioned, they have, uh, kids lessons as well. What I loved about cross country skiing was the accessibility as far as price goes. If we had paid for our gear through mountain shop rental for two days, it was like 30 or 35 bucks. Um, and then a daily pass to Nordic snow park was, um, I believe it was like 20 or 25 bucks. So, Pretty affordable comparing to, you know, a lift ticket.
0: Mm -hmm. Do they have a gear rental there at at Teacup as well?
1: Looks like they don't have that available at Teacup, but they're, um, you know, obviously great options in Portland to grab that gear and then head up the mountain.
0: So lots of good opportunities for folks who want to do some cross-country skiing or learn how to do it. Um, and I love that there's a, a place like Teacup that is like, you know, we are the place to come do this and learn. Well, of course, there's a ton of places to go cross-country skiing on Mountain Hood around Oregon. Obviously, go find your own trails if you want, but for people who want to get into it, get their feet wet, so to speak, um, you know, I, I love that there's this spot. that's like, we've got resources, we've got a place where you can go ahead and do that. And a group like Trail Mix, that takes people out and, and helps, you know, gather a community to come out and do that together that's so cool that you're able to do that with them
1: it totally is and it was great creating friends on this trip who also enjoyed doing this for the first time people who i can go and do it again with um and then they're also like i think collectively as a group a ton of us were like okay you know i feel comfortable on these skis maybe downhill skiing like isn't so scary and now that I have this experience I can kind of build on that maybe uh maybe downhill skiing could be in the future
0: well that that brings us to my big question for you are you now a winter snow sports person
1: (laughs) I think maybe I could be
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay okay
1: I I think I'm struggling this winter to be like oh god this rain you know even though I did go up on the mountain after the week of ice, I too was like researching how I could go to some tropical spot in vacation <laughs> and
0: like escape this. What Mountain Hood needs more of is hot tub and sauna culture. I, I know that Timberline Lodge, we're getting off topic and I recognize that, but I know that Timberline Lodge has a heated pool for guests, but we need a, a place to go to on Mount Hood where you can have a nice view, sit in the hot tub, go get a steam, like, why don't we have this here? Uh, if anyone from Mountain Hood is listening, I think this is a good business idea, and, and I think <laughs> you should do it <laughs> because we need something, right? And for people who who don't enjoy downhill skiing, um, or for people who don't enjoy any kind of skiing, um, I like to get up to the mountain still. You know, let's let's get a, a nice like you know hot beverage and hot uh, hot pool situation going, you know?
1: For sure. For sure. I was just watching a video the other day. It was like normalized being the person that stays behind and is not convinced to do snow sports as your friends Mm. go out to the mountain. I'll be here like baking, watching the snow and enjoying the hot tub.
0: Yes. That's me. That's me. I will make, I'll make everyone cookies and hot chocolate. I'm cool with that. You know, that's sleep in, get in the hot tub. You know, it, there's all kinds. Um, yes. That said, Vicki, I am excited to hear that you're finding a new activity that you enjoy doing. I'm really happy to hear you had a good time on skis.
1: Thank you. Was I not convincing enough, Jamie, that like maybe you would enjoy this as well?
0: <laughs> I've, I've <laughs> thought about it before. Like you, I thought about that hiking, snowshoe, cross-country skiing progression. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't love snowshoeing so much that I was like, I wish I was on skis. Um, I, I could, I think I could be talked into it pretty easily. If I, if I had one friend who was like, we're going, here's the time, here's the date. It's going to be fine. Let's go. I I think I would do it. I'm just not going to make that choice myself. I think probably (laughs) is where I'm at.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. Given, given my circumstances and the opportunity to do this, like I had to do it, Mm -hmm. um, I hope that maybe you will one day also enjoy this as well.
0: Time will tell. Time will tell. If anyone wants to try to convince me, I'm, I'm open open to those attempts. <laughs> we'll see.
1: Well, last thing I want to kind of address is that one thing that was on my mind in participating in this event, I had never driven up to Mountain Hood um, in like snowy conditions before, and I I've got to say, even with like the right equipment and uh, for my car and all that, I was still very nervous driving up Mount Hood because they had plowed it. They had salted the roads and everything getting up there. Uh, But it wasn't completely just clear road. You were still like on some type of snow or ice. And I was just, oh, my heart was beating (laughs) out of my chest. Doing this for the first time. All that is to say, if you're traveling up in similar conditions or like, you know, checking Department of Transportation's website to make sure that the day that you go, you have either snow tires or chains to make your way up the mountain safely.
0: TripCheck.com is where you should go for ODOT information. Um, and, you know, having tire chains or proper tires, um, or a car with good four wheel drive or all of those things, uh, always good to have and your winter supplies, you know, it's a good opportunity. I, I appreciate you bringing this up, Vicki, a good opportunity to remind folks as we do every winter, don't go driving those crazy back forest roads this time of year. People do, they get stuck. You know, you can go back and listen to the interview we had with a a guy who got stuck up there. It's um, bad. So don't do that. (laughs) Um, Stick to the main roads, bring your supplies, um, have a nice time. Um, Do everything you can to make sure you have a nice time and not um, a horrible time. Uh, Sounds like you had a great time, Vicky. So congratulations (laughs) on doing everything right.
1: Thank you very much. Made it up and down driving on that highway, completely safe and uh would do again
0: well i can't wait to hear about it ha- if you do it again i can't wait to hear more about it um especially if you decide to upgrade to uh any downhill oh my gosh days.
1: still yeah it makes me a little nervous <laughs> to think about but not Mightfully completely so. out of the out of the picture
0: <laughs> well you know i understand all about that that yeah. uh, apprehension <laughs> well folks that will do it for us today until next time, you can watch all our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com/slash travel as well as hereisoregon.com.
1: Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show, and if you want to support this podcast as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash podsupport. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you're interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale.
0: Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of zen.